Hey, Heather here. If you are loving what you hear on this podcast, but feel like you could use just a little bit more help in getting free from body image and comparison issues, I have an idea for you. Let's work together. There are several different ways you can do this. You can join our refocus online group. It's happening on my website a few times a year, or you can sign up for group or individual coaching. I love helping women find freedom. Our time together won't be about your food or your exercise habits necessarily. Instead, we'll dig into what's really going on in your heart. Almost all the issues we struggle with in life have a spiritual root, and that's what I want to help you uncover. Go to comparedtowho.me and look for the coaching tab to find out more. And in fact, one of the small groups that I led, one of the first groups I ever led for women struggling with pornography, a woman shared a story that for her, it just started as she would go to her grandmother's house, pull her romance novels off the shelf and read those and get a rush from it. Mm -hmm. And she said that led to chat rooms that led to video pornography. Mm -hmm. So really like a domino effect, this can happen so quickly mm -hmm. that we don't even realize something as pure as watching a television show, how this could lead to something a lot more dangerous. Right. Um, and for some of us that could happen quickly, for some of us could take years, whatever the case, you're right. Our culture is filled with sexual images. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to Compared to Who the Podcast. I am so glad that you're listening today. Today's discussion is going to be super important. Everyone you know has either been tempted by this, has known someone who has been tempted by this, or is just fallen into the temptation themselves. And so we are gonna tackle an issue that I haven't tackled on this show yet, and that's the issue of pornography. And I have a wonderful guest today to help us navigate this. Her name is Joy Skarka. Let me tell you a little bit about Joy before we get going. Joy is passionate about creating spaces to free women from shame. She's a graduate of the University of South Florida. She holds a master's degree from DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary, and she's working on her doctorate there in education educational ministries and studying how women find freedom from sexual shame. She was saved by grace in college. And this is when she first began to experience God's freedom. And I hope she shares more about her story with us today. But Jesus healed her from the heartaches of sexual abuse and the pain of sexual addiction. And so she began writing, speaking, leading online small groups with the goal of helping other women experience the same freedom that she has. 
In 2020, Joy transitioned from her own ministry to serve as the Director of Discipleship for Authentic Intimacy. And I'm going to have Joy tell us more about that ministry, but it's a fantastic ministry. So if this is the first time you've heard of it, write that down or check the show notes. Because of Joy's story, she hopes to always write and speak authentically. Joy married her husband, Zach, in 2017, and they live in Florida. Joy, welcome to the Compared to Who show. Thanks for having me, Heather. It's so good to be here. I am so glad to talk to you. So I am familiar with Authentic Intimacy. I love the organization. I love Julie Slattery. I had the privilege of being on her show a few years ago. And um, really, you know, everything that that organization does, I think is super helpful for any of my listeners. So to get us started, would you just tell us more about Authentic Intimacy and what that ministry is? Yeah, so our big passion is to reclaim God's design for sexuality. And we do that through podcasts, Java with Julie, through books that we write, through online book studies, blogs, all sorts of resources, talk, tackling any question you could ever imagine on sexuality. I get these questions all the time. So we have covered everything from robot sex to masturbation, pornography, um, affair recovery, anything you could think of just trying to help people find healing in Jesus and understand what it means to be a sexual being. Yes, I love that. And and I you just scroll through the list of episode names and you'd be like, you really right. do. You've covered it all. <laughs> so <laughs> anything you can think of that you have a question about, I have a feeling you can find a podcast episode <laughs> of Julie or something on the Authentic Intimacy website about it. So um so I would encourage anyone watching or listening to go um go check them out. But you're here with us today and you have an amazing story of freedom and you've had some hands-on experience with dealing with some of these issues um, personally. Would you mind just sharing with us a little bit about your story? Yeah, thanks Heather. And so for me, um, this kind of all started with this desire to just be loved, to be fully known and fully loved. I love that Tarn Wells song um, where he talks about that. But I just had this desire. And so I looked for that in relationships with guys, through approval with friends and all these different places, giving away pieces of my body, pieces of my heart, and just always feeling empty. Um, growing up, we went to a church that didn't preach a gospel of grace. It was all about working hard. You got to, had to be perfect to earn God's love. Mm. And so I had no idea that he loved me or wanted a relationship with me. Mm. And so it wasn't until I got to college and on my third day of college, I was actually raped and it kind of brought me to this place of questioning everything. Like, did God care about me? Was this my fault? I had all these questions. And um, I also didn't really have a sex education growing up. We, my family, we didn't really talk about it. Um, it was shameful. And so I turned to the internet to Google my questions. Was what I experienced through this rape sex? Um, is this normal? And so that led me to pornography. And so it started as my sex education, but it quickly became my comfort, what I turned to to cope with the pain. When I was angry at God, I turned to it. Um, and, and without even realizing it, it had become an habitual addiction in my life. And so kind of through my first year of college, I'm struggling with this trauma and then this addiction. And I also became a Christian uh, mm -hmm. that first year. So a lot of things happened. And um, 
and I'm sure we'll talk more about kind of my healing journey, but that all started my freshman year of college. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So, well, let's, I, I like to give people hope right away. So let's, so how did, how did you emerge from all of this? Yeah. So luckily my college campus had a ministry called crew. It's like a college ministry. And I went to one of their events and for the first time it clicked, they were sharing that I didn't have to earn God's love. Like Mm -hmm. he loved me while I was a sinner and he loved me in my brokenness. And that was huge. And I went to another crew event and a woman went first and shared her story of how she had struggled with pornography and masturbation addiction. And that was the first time I had ever heard a woman say those two words. I had only heard it for men. And so I thought something must be so wrong with me. Like, did God mess up when he created me? Did he make me too sexual? Why do I have these desires and these questions and this struggle? And so when she said that, I literally just felt this pressure go off me that I wasn't alone. Other women struggle too. And so I was able to go up to her and tell her my story. And that kind of began this journey of meeting regularly with women and and finding those root root issues and working on healing from the trauma. Um, And really, really through discipleship is how I began finding freedom. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's so important, right? As soon as someone else takes that step of bravely and authentically sharing their struggles, it frees other people. Sometimes people you don't even get to meet or see or know, but it it does bring so much freedom. And so I just know that you sharing those words today is probably bringing freedom to someone watching or listening. So, so thank you for sharing that. How does this work? Joy, because I know that porn issues are not what we think they are on the surface in a lot of cases. There's there's things going on underneath. Can you kind of fill out a little bit more of, of what you know about that, either from your experience or just from studying the science? Right. Yeah. So it's all goes down to this desire to be loved that mm-hmm. God created us with this desire. And so we're seeking that through this false substitute of pornography, um, really all sex addictions are intimacy disorders. It's we're trying to fill this desire for love and intimacy with something that just won't substitute it. And so for many women, um, when they first discover porn, maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was a pop-up on their computer. Maybe a friend showed it to them. For me, actually, I was first exposed as a fifth grader Mm -hmm. where my friend was over and just opened her computer and showed it to me. And I didn't know it was porn. I just Mm -hmm. felt like something's weird about this. I don't know if I should be doing this, Mm -hmm. Um, but I had no idea what it was until years later when I was in college. Other people find it through TV, magazines, romantic novels called erotica. We actually consider that to be soft porn, Mm -hmm. but it can lead to the hardcore porn, which would be internet video pornography. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways. And actually the average age of first exposure now is seven years old. Mm -hmm. And so that's the average people are finding it before that. Um, And so if, especially for parents listening to this, if, if you're not talking to your kids about porn at an early age, someone else We'll show it to them or mm-hmm. talk it to them about it and it'll come yeah. up. So it's definitely an important conversation right. to have with your kids. Right. Or they will accidentally stumble upon it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we we had it and my son is 11 
and he brought me his iPad last week saying, just take it, get it away. And we had all the controls in place. No, no Safari, no internet, all the settings. And he had gone inside of a Lego Jurassic World app. Okay, this is very specific thing. Inside had clicked to access a movie and that led to YouTube access somehow. And that led to it populating all of these different interesting things that I knew he didn't know how to spell. <laughs> and so it's, if your child, if you're watching or listening and your child has unrestricted access to screens and to the internet, just know, even if they're not trying to find it, they will. Mm -hmm. So take action. Uh, so important. Heather here. Can I ask a huge favor of you? If something in the show has touched your life, would you leave me a review on iTunes? Throughout the month of April, I'll be giving away two free hours of coaching with me to one person who leaves a review. Screenshot your review and then drop it to me in an email so I know you want to enter. If you've already reviewed the show, that's okay. You can still enter too. I'll give you five bonus entries if you post the screenshot of your review on Facebook or Instagram stories and tag me. Thank you so much for your consideration and for your help. Well, I, I love how you shared that you felt like you knew about the pornography issue from the man's side. You knew that that was something men struggled with, but you felt maybe additional shame for being a woman who struggled. But the data is changing and there's a lot more women struggling than ever before. Would you kind of fill us in on, on what, what that data is looking like now? Yeah. So sadly, more and more women are watching porn each year. The numbers are increasing. And now about 32% of consumers of pornography are women. So 32%. And One so, third, um, yeah. and they're, yeah, they're finding that number growing each mm. year. And it's interesting too, like the type of porn that women are interested in. So women are more likely to search out lesbian porn or mm. romantic porn. And then men have been more likely to search out more of the aggressive uh, types of porn. And women mm. also are more likely to prefer soft porn, like chat rooms, erotica, romance, mm -hmm. novels, that sort of thing. So there is a, there, they are noticing kind of still a difference in the type of porn preferred, but all that to say there still is overlap where some women are watching aggressive porn and vice mm -hmm. versa. Yeah. And what's this doing to us? What's it doing yeah. to our relationships? <laughs> It is causing a lot of problems, sadly, because porn is so fake. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's edited. The women are sadly, a lot of them are on drugs or alcohol influence. A lot of them have eating disorders. And mm -hmm. so we've seen so many women struggle with body image issues because they think that they have to look like the women on the screens when in reality it's edited, sometimes Photoshopped. So it's fake and they're not healthy, they have eating disorders. And so it's definitely impacting self-esteem and it's definitely impacting marriages and sexual intimacy in marriages. Um, so for example, pornography is so self-focused. It's all about your pleasure, your orgasm. Mm -hmm. um, it's not about serving the other person. And in God-designed intimacy, it's all about serving the other person, giving of yourself and that oneness. And you don't see that in porn mm -hmm. where um, it's normally focused on that self-pleasing. Um, so that's right. just one of the ways, but yeah. there's a lot of a lot of things happening. There's They're also seeing a rise in 
um, abuse in marriages because of the aggression that they're seeing in pornography. Because mm-hmm. people are saying when they're seeing it, they're thinking, oh, maybe we should try this. Or mm-hmm. especially even movies like Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. there were so many Christian women lined up, reading the books, watching the yeah. movies, and now thinking, oh, does my marriage have to look like this? Do Mm -hmm. I have to perform like this? So it's creating these unrealistic expectations for sexuality. Right. Right. Well, and, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned 50 shades of gray, but also just, I I know, I know women whose husbands got really into game of thrones Mm -hmm. and wanted them to act out, you know, some of the rougher, I've never seen game of thrones, but wanted them to act out some of those rougher scenes. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like the line of what used to be pornography has kind of shifted into, you know, now it's just maybe, you know, rated MA on Netflix. Maybe not even, I was watching something, started to watch something that was TV 14 on Netflix the other day and got to a point where they didn't show anything, but what they were talking about, it was like, oh no, (laughs) no one in my house, even age 14, (laughs) should be watching this or above. Um, So it's, you know, it's so easily accessible for our kids and, and for us too, and just so subtle how it's worked its way into, into the mainstream now. Um, well, I, when I think about this issue, like I always get just overwhelmed for my children, right? Especially for my daughter, <laughs> like in addition to fighting the temptation herself, what's it going to be like when she starts dating and will she be able to find a guy who hasn't been looking at porn and doesn't have these expectations? I know the data on this because of another writing job I have, but I know the actual numbers of teens having sex is going down. And so from a purity standpoint, people are applauding, but the truth is it's going down because everyone's just using porn and content with themselves. Mm -hmm. So, so what, what are you all seeing there? Right. The Gen Z's, there's so much anxiety Um, so much social anxiety that they're saying that that is one of the reasons why there's Mm. less sex and because of the rise in pornography addiction. Mm. So yes, especially with that average number being seven, so many teenagers are viewing pornography. Uh, We've seen it become in relationships that their education where a boyfriend is showing a girlfriend, Hey, like, let's watch this together so that we learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think for parents, the most important thing is to engage in your children's lives and conversations about sex. Sex can't be this one-time conversation where you and your, your child go away on a weekend and you talk about sex. Yes, that's awesome, Mm -hmm. but it has to continue past that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so asking them like, what, what, what are your friends doing? What are they talking about? Mm -hmm. Bringing up TikTok. I mean, that is pretty much soft core porn Mm -hmm. Um, and asking them what their friends are doing on TikTok, bringing it. So you're showing that you care about their life you know, kind of what's going on in the culture, staying relevant to that is really helpful to parent your teen through this. Um, And ultimately like prayer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) prayer and, you know, trusting in the Lord that even if they are exposed to something, which they are most likely going to, you can't protect them, but prayer that God's going to redeem that. Mm -hmm. And he has a perfect plan for their story. I think back to my story and all the different pain I've walked through. Well, it has set me up to be able to minister to women in powerful ways to where I've gotten to the point where God, this is your story. And I'm just Mm -hmm. a vessel 
you just use me, God, to help mm-hmm. other other people. I was actually just talking to a group of high school girls yesterday about this. Okay. And just in in sad, I, I don't even know how to describe the the questions that they were asking mm-hmm. because of the experiences that they've already been through. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I was able to give them hope that Jesus, mm-hmm. they're never too far gone for right. God to redeem and restore them. And so, yeah, definitely would encourage parents to begin, start now. It's never too yeah. late to have these conversations with your children. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's good. tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out comparedtowho.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. So why is porn so addictive? Yeah, it's so addictive because it is accessible, affordable, and anonymous. They call mm-hmm. those, they actually put all four, addictive, accessible, affordable, and anonymous, the four A's of porn. Okay. And okay. yeah, <laughs> and it's because we of the internet, it, really mm-hmm. the internet, you can be secretly in your room on your phone looking at porn and no one will know. You could be on an airplane reading erotica and the person next to you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a secret. And it kind of, because of that, creates this extra sexual shame that a person mm-hmm. experiences um, because no one will someone find out. There, there's a lot of fear there. Right. Um, and it also is super addictive because of the impact it has on our brains. Mm-hmm. So it actually changes our neurological pathways to where just like a drug addiction, chemicals are released and we begin craving it to satisfy these desires in our bodies. And so um, it really impacts your brain just like a drug addiction does, which is scary. Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, going back to just erotica and novels, it just, so where I live in Texas, there's a big fight right now because the reading curricula at the public school junior year has all of these novels Mm. that are, I've had to read them just as they've gone by on Facebook to know like, oh, what we should vote against kind of thing. But I mean, it sticks with you. Like you read that scene and I, I can play the scene out in my head. And I just read one page of the book and it makes such an impression and I didn't even see any real images. Can you give more words to, I wonder if in some cases reading something is almost, I I don't know if you go so far as to say more dangerous, but I think because our brain does the extra work of adding those images in, like I didn't know, you know, what color hair anyone had or anything like that. Um, Does that, I feel like that, that area is one that women are quick to overlook, even even with lighter stuff. I mean, I know I grew up reading romance novels. They were Christian romance novels. But I came to a point where my mom was like, I think if you ever want to get married, you need to stop reading romance novels 
it's giving you a twisted view of relationships. And likewise, just all of all of the erotica, all of the, you know, sexually explicit reading material we have, I think that does the same thing. Can you give more words to that? Mm-hmm. I've given a lot of words to it. <laughs> Is there anything I didn't yeah. say or should be corrected on? <laughs> yes, you're so right, Heather. It really does create false expectations for a marriage, for relationships. And over time, you do develop a tolerance to this and you and a person might want a harder form of pornography. So it might start as innocent as, like you said, a school book that you have to read. And in fact, one of the small groups that I led, one of the first groups I ever led for women struggling with pornography, a woman shared a story that for her, it just started as she would go to her grandmother's house, pull her romance novels off the shelf and read those and get a rush from it. Mm -hmm. And she said that led to chat rooms that led to video pornography. And actually this is pretty extreme case, but she met a man in person that she had connected with in a chat room Mm -hmm. and she had sex with him. And the next morning he said that he was married Mm -hmm. and just the amount of shame that she felt from that encounter. That's what brought her to my group. That was her final straw of, okay, I need to do something about this. So really like a domino effect, this can happen so quickly Mm -hmm. that we don't even realize something as pure as watching a television show, how this could lead to something a lot more dangerous. Um, And for some of us that could happen quickly, for some of us could take years, whatever the case, you're right, that our culture is filled with sexual images and sexual graphics. And I think that is why it's even more important to help our children understand what is God's design for sexuality instead of just telling them, Hey, you can't have sex. Don't have sex until marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, this message that the purity culture has preached, we need to be answering these why Mm -hmm. questions. Well, why do we need to wait to have sex? What is God's big picture here? Like, why did he design us as sexual beings and to begin having these conversations? Right. So right. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay. So let's not leave the woman who's struggling in all this hanging. Okay. Because I think you, you mentioned it, it's the shame and it feels like there's this shame cycle, right? Where you, you do the act, maybe you acknowledge that, you know, okay, I w- you know, God forgive me. Like, I wish I hadn't done that. And you feel like a little lifted from the shame. You're tempted again, fall in. Okay. Now you're in the shame even deeper, right? Because, you know, you knew it wasn't right or, or whatever. I think that shame, I don't know, the shame, um, cycle slash like ditch that women fall into in this is deep. Um, and it's the same for men too. You know, I, I know men, there's men that just keep, you know, they're struggling, they want out, but they keep falling to the temptation. How do you, how do you get out of that shame ditch? What, what do you have to believe <laughs> to, to be able to come out of that? Yes, Heather. So this is what I've been doing my research on. And I interviewed over a thousand women who have all experienced what they would consider sexual shame Mm -hmm. and a lot of them also addicted to pornography. And I have been finding that it's this sexual shame is what's keeping them stuck in this addiction for the exact same cycle that you described. And so I have found that there's a few different things that have helped someone get out of this. The first one is being known and loved in community. Mm. So kind of how I shared how sharing my story 
and knowing that I wasn't alone and having that person love me back, a safe person, uh, really helps break this shame because they realize, hey, I'm not alone. And so what we do, one of the things we do at Authentic Intimacy is we actually have online small groups and we have one for women struggling with pornography. And when I lead this group, the first week and the second week, we're all sharing our stories. And for some of them, this last group I led, this one woman, she could barely get the sentence out that she was said, I struggle with pornography and I can't say anything else. And she just started crying, broke Mm -hmm. down. She said later, that was the first time she had ever even said the words. Mm -hmm. And so for so many women, there's so much shame because they haven't had that safe place to talk about their pain, to talk about their brokenness and their struggles. So finding community, The second one is to understand that God loves them, that they aren't too far gone, that that he can forgive them and help them get out of this cycle of addiction, that there's hope and like Mm -hmm. it's a possibility. So many people believe the lie that they're forever going to be stuck in this addiction. And so having them to to find that hope in Christ really helps jumpstart that healing process. Another way, another thing that's important is understanding those root issues. Mm -hmm. So what is causing you to turn to pornography? What did something maybe happen? So like in my small group, we write down our sexual autobiographies, Mm -hmm. which is basically outlining everything that has happened or uh, messages that you received, how the topics of sex were, were talked about in your home, in your church, in your family, all these things to kind of find themes mm-hmm. of maybe why there's shame surrounding mm-hmm. our sexuality. So that practical activity really helps them as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, that first step, the community step, mm-hmm. like so important. I mean, even just generally on the other issues we talk about on this show, the, you know, body image issues. I mean, most women struggle in this arena, but most women never have an honest conversation about how they struggle in this arena. Instead, we have conversations like, what diet are you trying? Oh, I shouldn't touch those brownies, you know, and stuff like that, where we don't, you know, we don't actually address the like, hey, it's probably not super healthy that (laughs) I only think about my body and how I look. Maybe we should do something about that. Like we just, we we engage in it in a, a much more surface way than we need to, to be healthy. And so, that that first step, that community step, I mean, you can just, it's so easy to see how the enemy would just work over time with the shame to keep you from that first step. Like how, oh, how embarrassing it would be to have to do that. Oh, but that's where the freedom is. And so I, yeah. I love that you shared that. And I've just encouraged anyone watching or listening today, you know, don't be conned out of finding your freedom by skipping, trying to skip that first step, you know, find, Mm -hmm. find that community, connect with authentic intimacy, connect with joy through authentic intimacy and, and start on that path to finding freedom. You do not have to stay stuck here. So thank you for sharing that joy. Can we just kind of, as we wrap up here, can we just turn a little bit and maybe help out my women whose husbands are struggling because I, and and I didn't prepare you for this. (laughs) Surprise. I like to do that to people. (laughs) Um, But, but, you know, I, I feel like it's important. And I, I say this a lot, but 
maybe coming from an expert, it will be <laughs> it will be even better received. Um, but no, I feel like it's important for women whose husbands are struggling to understand truthfully <laughs> and understand deeply that his porn struggle is not about her. And there's nothing she can do to make her body perfect enough to stop him from looking at porn. There's nothing she can do in the realm of being the most perfect wife. Or obviously, we have a women have a part to play in a healthy marriage, of course. But it's not it's not her flaws or that are keeping him in his issues. Can you give better, more educated words to that? (laughs) (laughs) What you said, Heather, was so great. But a a quote that always sticks in my mind, Julie Slattery, the founder of Authentic Intimacy, she always says that we are all sexually broken. Mm. We are all sexually broken. And so for me, as someone who was a porn addict, marrying someone who wasn't, if we, and I think this is the same, if it was reverse and if it was my husband, um, I thought that I was so much worse than him. Um, and I viewed him as sexually pure. And so when I read this in Julie's book, Rethinking Sexuality, it helped me to view us both as equals. Yeah. That just because my husband didn't struggle with porn, he still may be lusted or he still maybe had impure thoughts or um, anger or something else, some other form of sin that he struggled with pride. And so even if um, for a wife, I would just encourage her to not think of herself as better than Mm. her husband. Um, We are all sexually broken. And so, and, and viewing yourselves as partners together. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm not saying that you should be his accountability person. I Mm want to say that. I don't think that's always healthy, but what I do mean is partnering together and figuring out how I can best love him through Mm -hmm. this, how I can, we can together work on this, helping him know, Hey, I'm in this with you. I want our marriage to work. I want to have intimacy with you. And I know it might be hard to get to that place, especially if there was betrayal involved and that is hard and painful. So if that's the case too, highly recommend going to a certified sex therapist Mm -hmm. um, to begin processing through some of this together. Because then uh, through that, you can begin to be on the same team. So those are some of the things that came to mind. No, that's, that's really good. And I, I say the same things to women directly when, when I coach them, just, you know, number one, the pride thing. And I say that from my own experience, because I came into marriage very much thinking like, well, he has this history of brokenness that I don't. And I came from purity culture where, you know, that was my badge of honor or that was going to give me the perfect sex life in marriage. And believe it or not, that didn't work. Um, (laughs) you know, so, um, so yeah, so been down that road and, and recognizing that that was not helpful to our marriage at all, that I had a ton of brokenness that I didn't even see or acknowledge for years. Mm -hmm. And my self-righteousness was no better than his struggle and and not helpful to our marriage. And then also being on his team. And one just additional thing I would think I would add to what you said is just you're both together, you're fighting a real enemy that wants to destroy your marriage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and so it's not you versus him. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. (laughs) It is you and him versus this real enemy that is out to, you know, 
kill and destroy our marriages and our homes. And so getting angry, not at your husband, but at the real enemy who, who wants to take you both down, I think is, is uh, really important too. So, mm-hmm. so we talked about practical steps out. We're, we're kind of, kind of wrap things up today. Is there anything we missed? Any additional hope you'd want to leave someone with or, or, um, or thoughts you have on this topic? Yeah, I think one thing just to talk about too is as we're looking at men and women, I think just being careful how we phrase this issue that it's not a man's issue. Women, Mm -hmm. so much, since so many women are struggling, Mm -hmm. when we talk, when we give the sex talk to men and a modesty talk to women, we're really shaming those women who Mm -hmm. are struggling with sexual issues. I know that was the case for me. And so instead, just looking at pornography as a human problem, Um, this is a problem that so many people are are walking through and to not shame them. And one other practical resources that, that I just wanted to bring up when understanding our triggers and those heart issues is an acronym that has been really helpful to me called HALT, okay. H-A-L-T. And that stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And this is true for lots of addictions, but when we are experiencing one of those four things, we're more likely to turn to something for comfort. Mm. So even today, as I've been free from porn addiction for a long time, if I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, I could easily desire, or because of those neurological pathways in my brain, I could easily think and want to run back to that for Mm. comfort or to food for comfort Mm. or to you know, binge watching a Netflix show. So instead, if if we realize, okay, maybe in this moment, I'm actually hungry and, and need a snack, or I'm lonely and need mm-hmm. to call a friend, it really helps us practically to turn to these things that are actually good for us, um, mm-hmm. instead of turning to something like pornography. Yeah, I love that. Nap is mine. Like yes. I ha- <laughs> If I could just go lay down for 10 minutes, like that changes the whole world. I mean, even just 10 minutes <laughs> and, and life has that. a completely different view. So yes, I love that hungry, angry, lonely or tired. That's really good stuff, Joy. Well, tell everyone, I know there's someone watching or listening today that's probably going to want to connect with you or connect with authentic intimacy. So tell everyone where they can connect. Yes. So you can follow us on Instagram at authentic intimacy. You can send us a direct message there and I can connect with you there, or you can check out our website, authenticintimacy.com. And we have a contact form there and I get all of those. So easiest way to connect with me. I'd love to help point you towards a resource that would best help you. Awesome. Awesome. And the Java with Julie podcast, if you're listening and our podcast junkie Java with Julie, I recommend the episode I was on. I don't know. I'm, I'm biased, <laughs> but I'm sure they're all good. <laughs> so, so check, check out that podcast as well. There's really good stuff there. Well, Joy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes. Thank you, Heather. Have a great day. Thanks. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. 
Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.